Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Agents of Inclusion podcast brought to you by Special Olympics and Odyssey. I'm JR of the JR Sport Brief Show on CBS Sports Radio. If you haven't subscribed, what are you waiting for? New editions with new inspirational athletes drop every Wednesday. Momentarily, we're going to hear from someone who isn't just an athlete, but a poet, a writer, a global messenger. She's proving people wrong, and quite simply, she's just a superhero. Let's go out to the Bay Area and meet Amanda Haranoff. So now we can get right into everything. Amanda, first of all, how are you? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. No problem. Not a problem at all. I guess the first question is, what is your role as a global messenger and a health messenger? What do you do? Yeah, so I'm a global ambassador for Special Olympics. Um, so my team is for Northern California. But officially, Tim Shriver actually said that I was with these, um, the, one of the voices for the Special Olympics movement. <laughs> so I, I guess I'm kind of part of the movement. So what I do as a global ambassador is I give speeches and I started that in Northern California, but I've really honestly gotten to give speeches with Special Olympics Maryland's program. I've done some things with Washington. I've uh, just just had a had a lot of fun. Um, so so even though I'm based in Northern California, I've been all over the place with Special Olympics. So I've done videos in regards to health. Um, I have lobbied Congress. I've done bunch of interviews with other athletes who have podcasts from the various 50 states it's it's been a blast such a blast and i know you've been you've been working with special olympics since 2018 what initially got you involved how did this relationship come to be yeah thank you so much for asking so i actually have a condition called retinopathy of prematurity unfortunately at the time I was dealing with um, a detached retina and I was feeling a little, you know, upset. So my mom found an advertisement in the local paper and they were like, come join the Special Olympics. It was uh, their their local track meet. So I sat in the bleachers and I got to join um, the, the fun, because, you know, when you're a spectator for the Special Olympics, you have just as much fun. But what, what really got my heart into it was hearing the Special Olympics oath, which is, as, as we all know, let me win, but if I cannot win, let me be brave in the attempt. And that is what sold me. I was like, I want, I, I want to do this. How, how, how do I sign up? <laughs> so, turning a bad situation into something super positive. Did you have any reservations about like joining initially when you heard about it or were you just like all in from the beginning? Um, my, so my only reservation about joining is I've never ever been sports inclined. So to hear that you actually have to play a sport to be part of the special Olympics, I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not good at this. And this, you know, I, I've seen several of my friends, you know, oh, what sports do you play? Oh, I, I play soccer. I I swim. I play uh, basketball. And for myself, being diagnosed with hydrocephalus, which is water on the brain, 
Um, I can't, can't afford to get hit in the head. So that, that leaves a lot of these sports, soccer, basketball, not necessarily swimming, but, but, you know, soccer, basketball. So all all of those contact sports kind of leaves me out because that would not be, you know, a good idea if I ended up getting hit in the head. So it was, um, limited choices with the sports, but, um, that's, that's okay because I discovered something even better being a global ambassador. Awesome. So what sports did you initially play? What did you yes. get into? Yes. So I initially played bocce ball and I bowled, um, for a little while. And so what's your favorite part about being a global messenger and, and just being a part of the family of special Olympics? Honestly, what I'm doing right now, this, uh, interviewing, get it, getting the the story and not just the story of Special Olympics, but the heart of Special Olympics out there. This, this is, this is the, the heart of the organization, you know, getting um, the opportunity to hear the stories of other Special Olympics athletes and realize that you're, you're not alone. And we're going to get into your, your poetry and writing. We're going to do that in a few minutes. But before we get there, I love and I've heard some of your older interviews, what you said about like proving people wrong. Can you talk to us about that? Why is that something that you're, you're passionate about? Yeah, be, because society labels us. And they they label us and they try and put us in these boxes. But when you're in a particular, um, I, I guess I guess situation like mine, like for instance, being a double minority, also being a female, and then also having uh, multiple disabilities, it becomes this struggle to say, where do I belong? And when you ask yourself, where do you belong? It's proving that you've earned the right to, to be there. So I, I love proving people wrong because it's, it's just, that's what makes me smile, especially if you're, you know, somebody who told me I couldn't do it in the, the first place. I want to be able to prove you wrong. I want to be able to say, you know what? I did it. You told me I wouldn't be able to. And I just I just proved you wrong and made you look horrible. <laughs> I love it. What, what does inclusivity mean to you? How would you define that? In, include everybody. Show that we we all matter. It, it doesn't matter, you know, your your um, blood type. It, it doesn't matter, you know, the, the color of your skin. These things don't matter. We, we all count. We all come together. And we all are here on this planet to do a very, very specific work. And ultimately, I think that work is taking the unique skills that you were gifted and finding ways to make the world a, a better place. What got you into writing? 
you have published works you have poetry out what got you into writing is this something that you were doing as a, a little girl or is this something that you started to do as you got older um so growing up like my my sister and i would um keep diaries and journals and things like that but growing up with like dyslexia this made writing painful for me so this wasn't really something that i looked forward to but fast forward to 2016 um i received a diagnosis of autism um and that shifted my perspective i said what am I going to do? Am I going to sit here and watch really sad YouTube videos of individuals with the same condition who just sit at home all day because their parents don't know what to do with them? Or am I going to rise up and claim autism as my superpower? So took me a little while, but I decided to claim autism as my superpower. And I... I started writing. Um, although I attended college, I was just taking, you know, English courses just to fulfill the requirements. I, this this wasn't something that I was like, oh, I'm I'm not going to sit here and take a, a poetry class and all that kind of stuff. I I I don't want to. So I just sat down and just started writing. I have I have tablets all over the place. I've notebooks all over the place. I don't know if um, you're a fan of the Waltons or if you've ever seen that show, but the lead character, John Boy, is also a writer and he has tablets all over the place. And I said, his room looks just like mine. Tablets and ink pens and just ready to ready to go. <laughs> well, you're you're an inspiration just on your perspective and, and how you've been able to turn art what advice would you give to to anybody? I, I don't care what your level of ability is. What advice would you give to anyone just looking at challenges and feeling down? Because you've certainly gone through the process of of overcoming some. And I'm sure you still do it every day like all of us. Right. Um, you know, you you can do it. Um don't don't give up. You know, that's I, I know that sounds a little bit generic, but for individuals out there who are on the autism spectrum like myself when when you hear the word autism don't let that hinder you from doing whatever it is that you want to do i think there's such a negative connotation with the word autism that we 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 run and hide when when we hear it we are you know, wh whether we have autism ourselves or whether our parents hear it or caregivers, because we, for whatever reason, don't want to deal with this diagnosis that's in the the medical books that looks fright. I would say it looks frightening on paper, but it looks wonderful out there when when you see autism action. We certainly see it. We we see the action and everything that you're doing uh, through your poetry. You've gotten words and recognition from President Biden. You mentioned Tim Shriver, the chairman of Special Olympics. You've gotten those words. How did that feel with all of the works and, and the poems that you've published? How do you feel about that recognition? I I feel so, so, so blessed, honestly, you know, glory to God, because without him, 
I wouldn't be allowed to do any of this. So I, I feel honored and blessed. Um, I, I love being able to encourage this community saying that you can do anything if you, you know, honestly set um, your, your mind to it. Now, one of the biggest honors that I've received is um, she actually passed away about three weeks ago is Judy Human was a huge, huge supporter of mine. She was a very good friend of mine and loved my poetry as well. So what we would do, what, what I would do on a regular basis is I would send her poems pretty regularly and she would tell me that they're beautiful and I can't wait for you to just, just continue to write. And so to, to be able to share a space with somebody like that is absolutely, you know, wonder, wonderful. So I'm taking this opportunity to continue the legacy that she began so many years ago. <laughs> when you think about the entirety of your life, who are some other inspirations that have encouraged you to just keep going? Or is family, friends, who, who stands out to you in that regard? Yeah, yeah, no, definitely, you know, family and friends. Um, you know, my 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 parents definitely is like um, my, my dad coming from, uh, Trinidad to the U.S. at the age of 10, you know, and, you know, his family, you know, making it in America and, you know, my, my mom just being, you know, African-American and we know with the civil rights movement, uh, my sister who recently just became a doctor also had to face, you know, opposition just based on the color of her skin. So really, honestly, my, my family, but I'm, I'm really inspired by anybody who is dismantling stereotypes, period. So I have, I have a lot of role models, a lot of, a lot of mentors. I, I, love, I love people who just prove others wrong. Like, get out of my way. <laughs> when you're not sharing this message and you're not writing poetry, what are some other things that you're interested in? Are there any other hobbies that you, you, you like? Movies, TV, music? I am a huge, huge Disney princess fan. Like, I I think the Disney princesses own the Disney franchise. Move over, Mickey. <laughs> Do you have a favorite? So I'm not I'm not as Disney princess inclined. I could think about, let me try. See, I'm gonna stink at this. There's Princess Tiana, right? Yes. There is Cinderella. Yes. Was Alice a princess in Wonderland? Is that Disney? Sorry. <laughs> she, I don't she's know. not a princess, but she's part of the Disney family. Okay. Is is Pocahontas? Does she Pocahontas? Does she doesn't count, right? No. Um, no. not technically, but she's part of the Disney franchise. I'm, the, I'm, the princess franchise. I was gonna I was gonna say, I don't even know how you pronounce her name, Ariel, Ariel. I'm just terrible. But she's just a mermaid. She's so a she's she Ariel's a princess? Ariel is a princess. Oh, see, I didn't I didn't know. So what attracted you to the, the princesses of the Disney films? Man, um I so so Princess Jasmine, who is my favorite, so she's not actually the leading lady in um It's Aladdin, the, right? Right, right. The right. the movie's called Aladdin, so he is the protagonist. She is the love interest. But what I love about her is growing up, she was the, the only one I could relate to because at that time, 
you know, until Pocahontas, she was the only princess of color. See, we, we didn't have Tiana yet. Right. So being the only princess of color, I was like, oh, she's 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 like me. I can dig it. Yeah, yeah. I was like, she's she's fierce and 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 don't tell everybody, but I had a had the biggest crush on Aladdin growing up. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. I remember, I don't remember the cart. Well, I don't remember the movie too much. I do remember the cartoon because I feel like the Aladdin cartoon, when they actually made it, it was on all the time. So I remember Aladdin. I remember I remember Jasmine. And I remember the genie. That I remember. Yeah. That's cool. And I, I would say my favorite Disney, I don't know, Lion King or Toy Story. Yes, yes. I, I, I love both of those. I actually just recently watched both of those. Um, the the Lion King is is good. And I was actually just telling my sister, I said, believe it or not, I said, um, I, I don't particularly care for the song Circle of Life, but it is the most... Um, relevant lesson that a child will have to learn that unfortunately we we live and then unfortunately we pass away but it's it's an important lesson to learn but i i really like the villain scar i mean i know he unfortunately helps his brother mufasa meet his demise but i i really like scar i think he's kind of cool yeah, don't don't tell anybody. I like the bad guys in all of the movies, but that's that's a separate conversation for another day. But you talk about the circle of life. It's it's very poetic. And this is a transition. You're also very poetic. Can can we get or hear one of your poems? Can can you share one with us? Sure. So I actually wrote this a couple of hours ago, and I do this a lot. Like when I do like my interviews, I'll write something like 15, 20 minutes before I'm scheduled to go on. So the fun part about it is this is the first place you guys will be hearing it. Oh, well, thank you. We appreciate that. Yeah. <clears throat> we strive to be our best, ready to take a stand against intolerance. We are strong. Marching for inclusion, discrimination will not win. We have a heart that is filled with joy. Let love capture us all. We rise with grace as we chase our dreams. Yes, we are differently abled. Autism, Down syndrome, and so many others that make us unique. We are athletes of the Special Olympics. And oh, yes, we are ready to compete. Oh, I love that. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that with us. Absolutely. There are so many people outside of the Special Olympics community who aren't fully familiar with, with what it can do or the fact that there are events all year long in their city, in their state. What would you tell people outside of the organization, outside of the family who aren't familiar with Special Olympics? Why is it worth a visit, a volunteer, why should they take a look? They they should take a look because we are so much more than just our disabilities. There are so many amazing athletes within the Special Olympics who they're working full-time jobs, they've completed their education, they're starting their own businesses, 
just just so many wonderful opportunities and you know they they all have you know some form of intellectual disability so it's like let's dismantle this this idea that if you are diagnosed with some type of intellectual disability, your life is over because definitely there were things that I had to learn in the special Olympics where I was like, Oh wow, really? They're, they're capable of doing, you know, starting their own clothing line. Absolutely. Because, you know, I was, um, I, I was in the special education program growing up, but, um, I, I didn't necessarily have folks with, um, you know, severe autism in my class, or I didn't necessarily have folks with uh, Down syndrome in my class. So that was really um, something that I had to look at as well and say, everybody is amazing here. Everybody's amazing. My final question to you is, do you have a favorite experience that just really stands out to you? through all of this? Um, Special Olympics related or just? Yeah, Special Olympics related. And if there is yeah. something else that stands out, by all means, go ahead, share it. Okay. I, I would have to definitely say it was the global ambassador training back in 2019. Um, that's literally where <clears throat> athletes get the opportunity to find their voice and they get the opportunities after they complete their programs or after they complete the program to, you know, things like lobby Congress, do interviews. But I, I loved that experience because, um, it, it was a moment for everyone to be proud and, and as well as in agreement with what I was saying. It, it wasn't something that was dismissed. Um, growing up, a lot of kids in my class would totally just dismiss what I was saying. So to be, to be heard on that platform and to, you know, have, have everybody appreciate what you're saying. I remember after I ended up giving my speech, I had a line of just parents and coaches and other athletes. And then even the the head of the program, uh, Tyler, who's super awesome, came up to me after and was like, you know, we, we see that you wrote a book. How can we promote this on the website? We see that you've done, you know, A, B, and C. How can we help you out? So it's like, it's, it's really just, Special Olympics is a breath of fresh air, a very cool, um, breath of fresh air. And I think anybody who um, tries to discredit the Special Olympics, they're just jealous because they don't get to be part of something this cool. I hear you. Well, let me tell you something, Amanda. You are you are repping the Bay. You're repping Northern California. You're repping the West Coast. You're repping Special Olympics. And you really represent the, the best of what humanity can be. And I appreciate you coming through and, and sharing your message. I hope this isn't the last time that, that we could connect. And I, I certainly know there's going to be a lot of people who appreciate your story and the fact that, that you don't care. And I really appreciate the fact that you keep going and that you're ready and here to prove people wrong. I love that. Yes. Thank you so much.
Thank you so much to Amanda. There's so much to learn from her life experience and perspective. She really is a superhero that we can all learn from. The greatest example of what we can achieve without harping on limitations. And thank you for the exclusive poem. If you're not already involved with Special Olympics, or at least giving it a look, go to specialolympics.org to find a local event or program near you. There are events year-round all over the world. That means your neighborhood too. Learn how inclusivity is a benefit to all of us in society. I'm JR from CBS Sports Radio. This is the Agents of Inclusion podcast brought to you by Special Olympics and Odyssey. New episodes drop every Wednesday, but don't just subscribe. Go outside and be inclusive.